is burning. Welcome to World is Burning, the storytelling podcast for your climate anxiety. I'm Elise. And I'm Olivia. And if you've read the title for this episode, you know we're getting into climate despair. We've talked about climate emotions a lot, but I wanted to have like a concentrated episode that like, honestly, if you're just feeling like shit, you can come to this episode and like get some inspiration, but not bright siding and coddling and false hope. I feel like Mm -hmm. it's hard to hit the right tone, especially in these Mm -hmm. discussions, like talking about negative climate emotions. And also we're not psychologists or climate scientists or even like, at least speaking for myself, people that have conquered their climate despair because honestly, conquering it is impossible and conquering is a colonial term. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The two things I was trying not to do in the first two minutes of this podcast were swear and bring up colonialism. And like I failed on both accounts. Already already out. But isn't isn't that like exactly what it's like when you're dealing with climate despair or whatever? Low key. It's always like (laughs) right there. Or also, yeah, absolutely. Or also the things that you focus the most on not doing is what you immediately do. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's just how it goes. <laughs> but I want to bring it back to basics and just start with definitions because I, I find this helpful. I love it. And especially, you know, talking about emotions, I always assume that I know what an emotion is. And then I go and look at the actual definition and I'm like, oh, that's that brings up something else for me. So the definition of despair is the complete loss or absence of hope. Hmm. And what I like about that definition is that even just like a glimmer of hope is work against despair. But Mm -hmm. also when I'm thinking about my own climate despair, I don't feel like that definition necessarily encapsulates the problem that I have. Like for me, Mm -hmm. Annalise, I want to know what you think about this. For me, despair comes not so much from like the absolute absence of hope or like total nihilism, although I have moments Mm -hmm. like that. But Mm-hmm. For me, it's often from like a frustration that I feel like my attention is being pulled in 8 million directions and I don't know where to start or how to help. Yeah. And that just kind of paralyzes me with inaction and despair. Yeah. I feel like it's like more overwhelm than mm-hmm. despair a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's that there's too many things or just like being overwhelmed by like certain groups power or whatever it is, whether Mm -hmm. it's like, I can't, you know, the idea that maybe a lot of people don't know about a certain thing or whatever, like it's just overwhelming as opposed to like completely without hope. Yes. In my mind. Yeah. Or yeah, like you said, power structures or people not paying attention to like what you hope Mm -hmm. they'll pay attention to. And like not necessarily by by fault of their own, just by like maybe like the media isn't covering something and that's overwhelming. Like, yeah. Whatever it is. Yeah. Or that, you know, seeing those graphics of Jeff Bezos's fun run getting, you know, Mm -hmm. 212 minutes of coverage during a couple of days versus the entirety of climate change getting like 267 minutes. I forget the exact numbers, but like that's a graphic and a truth that like I want to be aware of. But at the same time, it doesn't do a lot for me. For, for my hope, basically. Yeah. 
So in a Vice article, there was a definition of climate despair that I liked a little bit more and I think speaks to specifically what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. They said it's a sense that climate change is an unstoppable force that will render humanity extinct and renders life in the meantime futile. Um, And as they put it, instead of rallying us, climate despair asks us to give up, Mm -hmm. which is sort of, yeah, again, the thing that, that I've felt It's just this idea of what can we do and like feeling like the answer to that, even just for a moment, is nothing. Mm -hmm. So Mary Anais Hegler, who's like, we love her. Mm -hmm. She gets quoted a lot. She's been doing a lot of stuff. She's amazing. She's been in this game for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, She said something that I liked a lot in a recent hot take newsletter, Mm -hmm. especially, you know, we're recording this in August. We're in wildfire season. They're are a lot of disasters, it feels like, especially that are happening right now, you know, heat waves. I feel like summer, especially when we've been so conditioned to hearing the term global warming, Mm -hmm. at least for me, summer climate events can feel especially scary and especially like Mm -hmm. doomy. Yeah. So this is what she said. In my time as a climate conscious person, I've noticed that this feeling of nihilism in the public climate discourse tends to come and go. And it seems to be almost always when there's a new batch of unprecedented disasters all at once, which means that a new batch of people are confronting just how much trouble we're in. Mm -hmm. And that often looks like a lot of people giving up. But if you look closer, I think it looks more like a lot of people just getting started. I love that. I love that, too. And like. I think that is so true, especially if you have a climate weather disaster or, you know, Mm -hmm. some sort of disaster that like really hits you in the face Mm -hmm. or maybe hits a close one and hits a close one in the face. That doesn't really come off as I wanted it to, but (laughs) affects your immediate surroundings. I mean, like for you. Yeah. When the winter storm in Austin, like that's kind of one of those things where you can really feel like, oh, my God, it's happening like. Yeah. Where do I run almost? Yeah. But it's so true. That's like so many people just getting started and coming into this wave. Mm -hmm. And like we need more and more people. So that's like, I mean, obviously it's not a good thing, but ultimately it's a good thing. Yeah. And so if you are just getting started and you're someone who's experiencing these emotions for the first time. Yeah. I'm speaking to you. You're not alone. Welcome to the bunch. Yeah. And um. I think sometimes it's some of the most life-giving work that you can do to be in the climate movement in whatever way, whether that's like in a money-making way or not. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it feels awful, but Mm -hmm. you're part of the club no matter what. So welcome. Yeah. I think an important thing to remember, I often remind myself of this, Mm -hmm. is that there's no way to feel one emotion, even an emotion with climate tacked in front of it, at all times. So, like, Mm -hmm. I think that's something even just in our greater lives when we're trying to experience happiness, it's important to remember that happiness, it's not a destination. It's like Mm -hmm. it's a wave and like that wave can be higher or lower at certain points. Mm -hmm. But if you're experiencing a really strong climate emotion, you're feeling really hopeless, you're feeling just complete despair about climate change, you can know that that feeling is not going to last forever and that feeling is valid it's true in some ways, but mm-hmm. like it's it's not a place that you can live, nor is it a place that you will want to live like in your climate despair. Yeah. Dan Cheryl, who actually just put out a book 
for us, it was literally, I think, yesterday. Wow. Um, it's called Warmth, and it's a... I really want to read it. It's okay. a memoir like of a millennial kind of living through this climate crisis, mm-hmm. which I'm going to reference back to a tweet that I don't have. It's another swear tweet. But it was like, <laughs> how much does it suck that we were born at the end of the fuck around era or uh-huh. fuck around century, and now we're living through the find out century? <laughs> I was like, that's pretty much yep. how how it feels yeah but he said something much more eloquent which is yeah um he said we can't live in constant grief any more than we can live in constant joy yeah and i think that that is so true like he did this great ted talk which i'll link in our show notes on our website where he talks about like working in the climate movement actually in new york and working for new york renews and like working very concretely on policy and like Mm -hmm. activism, but still feeling this sort of numbness and like he's sleepwalking through this crisis Mm -hmm. even when, yeah, everything is on fire. Yeah. It's knowing that you can't live in any of those emotions completely. Mm -hmm. And so something that he did that ended up working for him was writing a letter to his future child that may or may not ever exist. And like that was a way that he was able to process these emotions Mm -hmm. of grief and despair and uh, uncertainty about the future, like without feeling this complete numbness. Mm -hmm. Also, I apologize if you can hear the crashing in behind me. There's construction happening very loudly, Um, (laughs) but hopefully hopefully our noise reduction will take it out. I wanted to go back quickly to an idea that you shared in our last episode Mm -hmm. from Sherry Mitchell, although like it could have come kind of from a a group of sources, which was the 80-10-10 rule. Mm -hmm. So just repeat it for people that don't know. Um, The 80-10-10 rule suggests using 10% of our energy on education, 10% on stopping harm, and 80% on 80% of our energy on making the world look how we want it to look. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's really cool. I don't know if you have any thoughts about that and like focusing our energy on how we want the world to be. Yeah. I mean, I know we talked a lot in the last episode about it, that being more like regenerative and that makes mm-hmm. me excited mm-hmm. because I feel like getting yourself in a loop, like education is one of the most important things, but only educating yourself and not doing anything with that education, obviously isn't going to do very much Mm -hmm. and then constantly being in conflict with people or corporations or whatever or things that are you know causing the climate crisis or you know causing harm while that is absolutely necessary is exhausting so Mm -hmm. being able to focus some so much of your energy on building things up and having it be positive or like having it be constructive Mm -hmm seems like I don't know it seems like I don't want to say the word palatable but like (laughs) it seems a lot more achievable um, yeah of like a way of life and something that you can sign on to do for a long time and I mean sometimes you know those percentages might shift but I think as a long-term goal having that like average out I think is probably Mm -hmm. a good way to look at life as a whole yeah and I also think that like spending your energy thinking about the world that you want to have exist Mm -hmm. is like a really helpful exercise at least for myself too because if you just completely fall into this doom of like oh my gosh we've already done so much that is destroying our planet and we're like continuing to live in these systems that are exacerbating climate change Mm -hmm. like 
sure that's true, but like in my head, I, especially like with the pandemic and every all the stressors that we have in our life right yeah. now, it's a lot better for me at least to imagine, okay, this is what our system is and like how mm. can we make this a world that I want to live in. Yeah. So I follow a YouTuber, actually. Her name is Shayna. She goes by Purple Palace. I think I've maybe mentioned yes, her briefly I think before. I follow her on Instagram. Yes. She makes this gorgeous art, um, lots of like color and light. And she makes these like really beautiful vlogs on social on YouTube. So she's not a climate person in those terms, but mm-hmm. she often like she gives a lot of really good advice that I enjoy. And so I wanted to share one of those. She talks about imagining her dream audience member. Mm. And I think that this is really helpful. So so often we're really paralyzed by focusing on what our critics will say, how they're going to react, the mean comments that we might receive, like comments Mm -hmm. on uh, online or offline. But I found this advice kind of transformative. She says, instead of fighting against all of your critics' arguments, why not create the art that you would want to come across in the world? Why not create for the stranger who understands your vision? Mm-hmm. Like this idea of instead of worrying about the person who might the person who might listen to this right now and think, oh, you're being ridiculous or you're not giving step by step tips or like this isn't helpful. Rather than that, like for me right now, focusing on the person who might be experiencing the, these difficult emotions and needs to hear someone else talk through it and mm-hmm. give like advice from other people. Like that's who I'm speaking to right now. And mm-hmm. that's like what allows me to do something that I would find helpful if I came across it, hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's a more positive way to look at anything, not just art and creative work, but also, you know, science and policy. Like, what would you want to come across? What research paper, what thesis would you want to come across? Yeah. And then how can you make that exist in the world? Yeah. I feel like it's like if you were just in a like friendship situation or something like that like instead of focusing your energy on one like really shitty friend and trying to turn them into a good friend if you're Mm. just like go out and you're like I just like met five new friends that are great and we're going to dinner tonight and like we're going to talk about all this cool stuff like Mm -hmm. that's maybe a healthier way to like put your energy out and like maybe those friends are like you know solar power or whatever but like that's a healthier, nicer, more fun. You're building a support system, creating a good situation for yourself. You know? <laughs> yeah. My my shitty friend is Con Edison. <laughs> and my new friend is Solar Power. Solar. Yep. I love it. But it's so true. Like, spend your energy on the people that give you life and the uh-huh. things that give you life as opposed to what takes away. Yeah. Um, one thing that I put in here that I think we've shared on social media, we might have talked about in our climate anxiety thing, but I just think is really worthwhile to repeat anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, Ayanna Elizabeth Johnson has this great Venn diagram. And so if you're sort of dealing with that sense of inaction and not knowing what to do, the center of the Venn diagram is what you should do. And then there's three Mm -hmm. sort of outposts to help you decide that. The first is what brings you joy. So what gets you up in the morning? Because neglecting your joy will lead to burnout. Mm -hmm. The second is what is the work that needs doing? So they wrote climate and justice solutions here. Mm -hmm. And then third, what are you good at? So what are your special skills, your network, your resources, your magic? Mm -hmm. Um, And I thought that was... like interesting too because I think 
that that goes into a lot of what like Shayna was saying, just just mm-hmm. speaking to like expressing your artistic truth, which mm-hmm. obviously not every single person who is a part of the climate movement is an artist mm-hmm. or identifies as an artist. But I think that is advice that can really apply to anyone to to make your life happier and more focused and centered on that joy, even though you're still going to experience despair. Mm-hmm. I'll post my, I didn't have like specific sources for this episode, but I did read a lot of articles about this, which I'll share again on our website. But in one Vice article, they interviewed a professor of atmospheric sciences, Andrew Dessler, um, who said this. He said, I think it's clear that emissions will come down to zero and stabilize the climate sometime this century. But taking 50 years to do that will yield a different world than if we do it in 20 years. Mm -hmm. It's up to us to decide which of those worlds that we want to live in. Yeah. Okay. Also, I feel like there's there was one thing you sent me an article with Raleigh Williams. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And talking about like his like comedy and just like his view on a lot of things. And there was a quote. I think the interviewer asked, like, do you think we'll be able to avoid the worst of climate change? And he was like, I don't know if that that's like not a good question because like whatever the worst we get to is will be the worst. And mm-hmm. like there can be different worse worsts. So like if we don't do anything, obviously things are going to be worse than if we do do something. But mm-hmm. no matter what happens, <laughs> what we experience will be the worst thing that we will right. experience. So like I think that perspective of like looking at like, okay, it could be situation A or it could be situation B. A situation is going to happen. And like Mm -hmm. in all of the scenarios going forward, climate change isn't just going to evaporate and go away. So like we're going to have to deal with it. But like (laughs) we can do it the easy way. We can do it the hard way, I Mm -hmm. guess. But like I just think that that worst case scenario, like whatever we deal with is going to be the worst case scenario that we have to deal with that we experience. <laughs> if that makes yeah. does that make sense i just thought that was no, a really cool way of looking at it and it also it kind of puts to rest like thinking about the absolute worst possible outcome because yeah. like i think you can be aware of the worst possible outcome without focusing mm-hmm. your whole life on like avoiding that yeah. it's a lot easier to like work towards something than it is to work away constantly mm-hmm. be pushing back towards this like worst case scenario mm-hmm and so, yeah, that, that that's the question that I would ask anyone that's listening to this is like, what is the world that you want to live in? Mm-hmm. And so I think part of this comes from acknowledging the systems that you're a part of. So just an example, let's say you're concerned about fast fashion and unsustainable clothing. Mm-hmm. It's a really overwhelming, you know, topic to think about. And we all, for the most part, wear clothes. So like, it's something that we need to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, but what thinking about what is your dream world. So for me, not particularly interested in fashion, but like I wear clothes and mm-hmm. my dream world is one where I can buy an affordable garment that fits me, that's not going to release microfibers into the ocean and that doesn't exploit garment workers. And so that for me is actually sort of helpful to realize, okay, those yeah. are my priorities and it's possible to get that now, although it's yeah. difficult. But if I was someone that was wanted to dedicate my time to the fashion industry and that was what I was interested in. Okay, what part of that can I make it better and how can I make it easier for other people? Mm -hmm. Because like I think focusing also on helping other people, even if Mm -hmm. you're helping them, you know, get a sustainably made, ethically made t-shirt, like 
if you believe in that and you believe that you're making that system better, then I think that that can give life to yeah. your climate activism. Yeah. And like who is already doing that? Like I'm sh- you know, there are people out there making things that are relatively mm-hmm. affordable or like trying to make it uh, or like making things themselves like who is doing that and then like get behind them. There's a mm-hmm. segment of the world that already looks like what you're envisioning and how can you make that bigger? Mhm. Okay, I have a, a short list that I think kind of goes into that. Mm-hmm. Um this was from Alice Aidy who's a great a documentary filmmaker. She does a lot of work with human migration and like photography. Um, She's also one of the co-founders of Earthrise, which is a great platform and um, studio. Mm -hmm. And so she had a, an Instagram comment that I meant to just like copy in here and then like, uh, you know, add to, cause I think there are a lot of similar lists, but I'm Mm -hmm. just going to read her five points because I think that it encapsulates a lot of like the actionable things that you can do right now. Mm -hmm. So the first one is to find your role in the movement. She said, everyone can do something. I find that action is the antidote to anxiety, whatever action means to you. So are you a storyteller, creative, strategist, organizer, dreamer? Think about the best ways to use your skills to contribute to the climate movement and fight for system change. Get organizing. The the second one is to join a collective. And so I feel like mm-hmm. those kind of go together. Like, this is not something that we have to do alone. You're not alone. You're already part of this. If you're listening to this, mm-hmm. you're already a part of our club. And like, I think that finding power in communities or like we've said, not it doesn't always have to be activist organizing communities if that's not where you feel comfortable. I think those are great. And it's great to get outside of your comfort zone and try and join a specifically climate oriented Mm -hmm. activist group but sometimes that's not really where you find your role and so maybe it's within um a family or church community or friend community that you already have or a public garden like something Mm -hmm. that is not centered on so much like sign activism but is focused on something else that you find interest in and like brings you joy while also contributing to that better world that you want to be a part of The third one that she had was to educate yourself. We've kind of already talked about that. The fourth is to connect with nature. I know a couple days ago, I was just feeling super overwhelmed and I've been spending a lot of time in my room where I work and study remotely. And so I just like went and sat in the park, didn't even bring a blanket and like sat in the dirt for a little while. Mm -hmm. And that truly, like there's something about just like actually having contact with the earth that Mm -hmm. really can soothe a lot of anxiety. There's science about that, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> but even just taking a walk is something that's mm-hmm. really helpful. And the fifth that she said was to go offline. She said, taking time offline can make us feel more present and connected, connect with friends and family and nurture the relationships that nourish you. Because that is something that's true, Like especially if a lot of your activism is taking place online. It can feel like there's this really big disconnect between like your online life and then what you have in person. And so trying to Mm -hmm. meld those two, I think that applies especially to a lot of younger people, like Mm -hmm. trying to meld those two worlds. is something that will make you feel more connected in your daily life. The last thing, kind of the quote that I wanted to end us off on Mm -hmm. was a quote from Emergent Strategy by Adrienne Marie Brown, which I feel like I've mentioned waves and a bunch of this. And like, Mm -hmm. I grew up next to the ocean. Maybe that's just like extra imagery that I really like. But Mm -hmm. I really liked this quote in terms of like finding your place and 
I think, indirectly um, fighting against climate despair. So she said, together we must move like waves. Have you observed the ocean? The waves are not the same over and over. Each one is unique and responsive. The goal is not to repeat each other's motion, but to respond in whatever way feels right in your body. The waves we create are both continuous and a one-time occurrence. We must notice what it takes to respond well, how it feels to be in a body, in a whole, separate, aligned, cohesive, critically connected. I like it. I like that way too of like responding to whatever feels right in your body. Mm -hmm. So hopefully if you walk away from this, hopefully you're walking away feeling more hopeful, but also I want you like, I'm talking to myself. (laughs) I want to validate that climate despair because it's Mm -hmm. a real emotion and it's probably one that you're going to experience again. Yeah. But this is an effort to not live in that emotion, not to like Mm -hmm. completely obliterate it because it has value in telling you in being more connected with the world. We talked about like that phantom limb syndrome last week too, yeah. of like feeling some anxiety because you're f- feeling this disconnect between humans and the environment or even this perception that they're separate. And like those feelings yeah. are valid and they're important, but yeah, you can't live in them. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have anything else to add to this? I mean, there's there's so much. I mean, I, I do like, the whole like you got to feel the despair part or like work Mm -hmm. through it and like engage with it and like you likely won't feel like that all the time hopefully Mm -hmm. but yeah I mean I don't I don't know I feel like for me listening to more and more climate stuff while like if you don't listen to a lot of climate podcasts or a lot of like climate content listening to that or being like you should listen to like six climate podcasts Mm -hmm. regularly while that seems like it might be overwhelming and give you a bigger sense of climate, you know, despair, I feel like it helps a lot. Mm-hmm. And like just hearing more and hearing more ideas, while again, sometimes they can be overwhelming and don't feel great. Like for the most part, it's learning more and like being aware of more solutions and being aware of more possibilities mm-hmm. and possible future outcomes. So, yeah, that that would be the only thing that I would say is like jump in a little bit more and Mm -hmm. kind of like you said at the very beginning, maybe climate despair for a lot of people is, you know, you just getting started. Mm -hmm. So Yeah. And I think like I know when I started getting more into climate media, I subscribe to a ton of newsletters Mm -hmm. some of which I still love and Mm -hmm. like heated hot take is great ask umbra which just went on hiatus but like is also great from grist but like I was subscribed to a lot of them and I realized that my inbox is not something that particularly brings me joy Mm -hmm. and I would much rather find that information in other ways and like follow maybe the people that are writing those newsletters Mm -hmm. in other ways Whereas for some people, their email inbox is where they get all of their information. So they want everything there. Yeah. But yeah, figuring out what works for you and like where, how you feel after listening to a podcast or watching a movie and then like reevaluating from there. Because what works for you six months ago might not necessarily work now. True. 
I'll put a bunch of these resources. I read a lot of articles about climate despair that people might find helpful. Um, so I'll put all of those on our website, worldsburning.com. And yeah. Do you want to do our socials? Sure. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at World is Burning with no G. And then on TikTok at World is Burning with a G. If you have any thoughts, uh, you can email us at World is Burning. Any. Any thoughts at all? They, you know, <laughs> if you just tell me what you had for lunch, if you want, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, that'd be great. Like, on, <laughs> it would be. So, if you know, you have any thoughts that you think are relevant somehow to us, um, you, you, yeah, you can email us at worldisburningpod at gmail.com. Don't forget to give us a five star review on Apple Podcasts and give us a little couple sentences if you can. And, you know, subscribe and whatnot on spotify or wherever you're listening to definitely go to our website worldisburning.com we'll have a lot of stuff linked i imagine this week Mm -hmm. and like we have our book bookstore with a bunch of books that we recommend reading so if you are looking to like engage with more content more different types of media we have all that up there Mm -hmm. and we'll see you next wednesday See you next Wednesday.